0: Welcome to ESL Teacher Bob. Bob. Russell. And
1: I'm Milena. And we have a new microphone.
0: Okay, hello Milena.
1: Oh, hi. Me. Hi. <laughs> What's up? I'm um, good, thank you. How oh, are you?
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, it's actually been a little while since we've done this.
1: Yes, that's um, true. We have to introduce a new member of the family to the listeners.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny. We uh, some exciting things happened, and then we just never did the podcast again for like a month. We are on iTunes now. Did you know that we were on iTunes?
1: I did not know oh. that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm breaking the news <laughs> to you. I hope it's okay.
1: Yes, it's fine.
0: We have a new family member, as we put it.
1: Mm. What, what shall we name him?
0: Her? Uh, just from looking, I would say either Tracy or T Racer. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. a. He's also a race car driver.
1: I don't like race cars. <laughs> what? Why not? I just generally don't like cars.
0: Did a race car do something to you when you were a child? You had some bad memory?
1: Not that I remember.
0: Mm, So maybe we should do a hypnosis to see if we can pull out the repressed memory.
1: Maybe next time. Mm -hmm. But we could get a compromise and call it T Racing.
0: The worst possible answer. Um, So maybe we'll table that. Probably, maybe it'll be something like Mike or. (laughs) Mike Rofone. T Mike. T Mike Rofone.
1: Racy Mike.
0: Okay, so I'm Russell.
1: This is T Racy Mike Rofone.
0: Okay. (laughs) And this is Milena. That was T Mike. So we have a new microphone. Uh, the, the sound quality should be slightly better.
1: Yeah, I don't sound like I'm sitting inside of a well.
0: In the other room? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't sound like I'm uh, shouting into your ear. Well, probably I still do. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, feed as we go, and probably I still am shouting into your ear. So uh, the, as we said... ESL teacher pop, what do we do on this podcast?
1: We just discuss uh, what we did as teachers of English during the week. Again, we don't mean to give advice to anyone, like what people should do or shouldn't do. Actually, we kind of expect advice from the listeners.
0: <laughs> do we? Yeah, I don't. Someone, I don't even don't. expect listeners. Much less That's advice. true. Yeah, but you know, on, on the one hand, of course, this is something we do for fun, and um, we are just trying to have a fun conversation here. But on the other hand, I think we both try to think about what we would like to hear, what kind of podcast we would like to hear as Mm. teachers, what would be useful for us, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I wish someone did what we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's
1: never been done yet. (laughs) We're the first one.
0: We had to to invent a microphone, um, create this internet.
1: um. Truth be told, though, I haven't found uh, any podcast like that. There's plenty on, uh, like, experts kind of advice, like what you should do. Like, advice given by, like, internet coaches saying, oh, this is it. But not through really the actual experience.
0: Yeah, you know it's. Yeah, you know it's still. Do well. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the <laughs> perfect distance from the microphone so that we both speak at the same bar. Yeah,
1: Russell us. has just looked at me strangely <laughs> and moved his chair away from me. <laughs>
0: My reasons will remain my own forever. <laughs> but I I seem to have this uh, strange disorder where, as I'm speaking, I just get progressively louder and louder. So,
1: I think it's American, an American trait. Yes, American, it's is it? Is it racist? See,
0: yeah. you're this loud. Is, this is the problem. You say sometimes that I'm loud. Other times you say that you cannot hear me because I just talk too quiet.
1: Sometimes you mumble.
0: So you can't have it both ways. I think I just am like any other normal human being, and I say things at different levels.
1: You do say stuff like slightly too loud for Polish conditions sometimes. I don't
0: think that's true. I think that you your father. It. I think that your your father speaks very loud
1: that's very offensive
0: (laughs) why why is it okay for you to tell me
1: no I'm I'm joking are we arguing I'm sorry
0: yeah apparently sorry it's not your fault it's not your fault let's
1: leave the domestics (laughs) outside. don't bring my father into it
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so we have we have Milena's father on line one <laughs> it's gonna be a difficult conversation because he does not speak any English.
1: Oh, he tries.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's a complete lie. He speaks English all the time <laughs> and never. Just never because you
1: don't understand it, <laughs> that's mean he doesn't speak English.
0: Okay, so uh, as we as we did last time, we are going to uh, we are going to. Ask and answer a question from the complete book of questions. So you start.
1: Give me a number. Gary
0: Pool. Okay, one nine one. And this will be the question you ask me.
1: What spells adventure for you?
0: For me, for for me, I think adventure is like uh, going to a city and maybe visiting some shops, uh, walking around the city, and seeing some people in the city. You know. For me, this is exciting because <laughs> how how should I say it?
1: Imagine you're excited.
0: Oh, they oh they to my enthusiasm. <laughs> no, but like I think being in the wilderness or being uh, in nature somewhere, probably I will be lost or uh, not know what to do. So, just being able to, um...
1: So is that adventure, being lost? Or is that the downside of adventure?
0: Yeah, I guess that's an interesting question, like, what is adventure? I think for it to be an adventure, it has to be a positive experience, like an enjoyable experience. At the same time, I would say as a memory or a story later, like something bad happening to you can be an adventure. For instance, here, you know, I, I lost my keys uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was uh, not a happy experience, but at least it was some, I had a story to tell you know, that mm. week, you
1: know? Yeah, but there has to be a positive outcome of that. If, like, ten people died as a result of it, would you call it an adventure?
0: No, I guess that would be a misadventure. <laughs> okay, so give me a number. Uh,
1: Three hundred eighty
0: two. How would you summarize the highs and lows of this past week?
1: Wow, that's actually the topic of our podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So now
1: I'm going to answer it for the next hour. hmm the highs and lows of this past. Okay, the high Easter Monday when I sprayed you with water.
0: Mm-hmm. On Easter Monday, <laughs> That's your most enjoyable moment, Louis.
1: Oh. Yes, on Easter Monday in Poland we have something called śmigus dengus, and it's just tradition that we pour water on each other. And I was armed. I prepared a mini water gun. And I sprayed Russell with water, and I was super pleased with myself. Actually, I was super surprised that you were armed as well. You tried to spray me back, but your stream didn't cross mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a tiny uh, toy from a kinder egg full of water, so I was at a disadvantage. I was... yeah, it's it's this kind of situation like... um as a man, I think you always think like. But uh, your
1: gun is very big.
0: That too. But I think you always think like, what if a burglar broke in? Like, what would I use to defeat um, him, right? Or what if like a ninja comes into the room, right? So, like, I woke up that morning and I felt like, what can I use against
1: a ninja? Yeah.
0: The, the unspeakable happens and. The Atlanta shoots me with a water. <laughs> so I looked around the room, and um, I came up with two things. There's this little toy, and then there is also uh, an empty water bottle. But I still wasn't really sure if I was in any real danger at all. So I just filled up the toys as a precaution. I put it in my pocket, and um, I was planning to. The a water bottle next.
1: But I ambushed you.
0: Yeah, you were too fast, you were too quick. And what was the low of this fast week for you?
1: Mm. Nothing particularly bad happened. Even this Friday, when we were very busy, it wasn't actually a bad day, we did a lot. We managed to register you here. And I'm not sure I had a low, for example, the lowest part of the week.
0: Yeah, we've had a pretty nice week, I think, because we had some Easter holidays. And mm-hmm. So there's less going on in general.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know, I couldn't have popcorn. Oh, sure. I we went to the cinema and I couldn't have any popcorn because of my stupid diet.
0: That's was the love of your of your life now.
1: I really wanted not really, that popcorn.
0: Yeah, really, the week in particular.
1: Yeah. Okay, so...
0: And then and then today no, I promised okay. to buy you cola, but I didn't. It must have felt pretty bad to you.
1: Yeah, my throat is still dry. <laughs>
0: Okay, so um, what's next?
1: Um, the next part of our podcast is I wanted to discuss a warm up because every good lesson starts with a warm up. So, warm up number one of our podcasts are the questions, but I also wanted to touch upon some of the warm up activities that we enjoy doing because. Usually, I start the school year with a bunch of ideas for warm-ups, and by April, like around this time, I have no idea how to start the class, so that it's still enjoyable and fresh and fun. So, the idea that I have stolen from our director of studies is time's up. So this is something that I have prepared for tomorrow so I prepared they are going to talk about shops and businesses so I prepared a list of vocabulary cards with a photo and names of shops like fishmongers greengrocers and and, and so on and so on so firstly we will revise the vocabulary then second round uh, using only cards individual cards one person looking at the card will have to Describe it like this is the place where you buy fish. Let's say, third round, uh, you can only say one word, so let's say fish, or the other
0: red. person must guess.
1: Yeah, and third round will be just showing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's my idea, and hopefully, it will take like no, lo- no, no more than like five to ten minutes, and it will be a fun way to start the class. <clears throat> so, this is my idea for a warm up. What
0: do you think? Yeah, it sounds very nice. Um, yeah, you know, I start to notice how like essentially a good English class should just involve some element of taboo or charades or dictionary mm-hmm. or some variation of it. You know, it's like it's a very simple, always fun thing. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I I like this. It's um it's a nice way to use these basic games and then but also make it a little bit more challenging by so cutting it down to one word and then moving on to the like uh, acting it out type thing i guess
1: yeah, a silly fun way to revise vocabulary hmm.
0: so how would you act out a fish model okay she's making a fish face sure Okay, yeah. I guess I could probably
1: it. How would you act out a uh, DIY shop? you Russell is sawing, yeah. And
0: hammering, too. And hammering. Screwing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Would you get it? Yeah. Oh. Although, maybe it's hardware. Are they the same, or are they the shop? I don't know.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So um, next, I think maybe we should talk about uh, what we did this week that's notable, something that worked well, or something that didn't work well. Okay. Is okay. That so to start? yeah, I'll start. Um, I had something I feel strongly about, but I thought we should also just mention um, two weeks ago. Now you know we both made board game you remember doing this?
1: I don't remember both of us doing board I remember myself doing board games.
0: Well, why would you remember me doing this? I don't
1: know. You're very secretive.
0: <laughs> so anyway, so uh, we made board games. And for me, I don't know how it was for you, but I was um, very nervous about this. Uh, Starting out, like whenever I was planning it, I was worried that it would be a lot of work, uh, that it wouldn't be fun, or that the the thing I made wouldn't really work for my students. And um, we were doing this because it was about to be Easter holiday, and it was just kind of the expectation that the students were going to have some games to play connected to the holiday. And mm-hmm. And so, um, I'll just tell you what, what I did for mine. Uh, I made, of course, a board game with spaces, and, um, I had dictionary, uh, charades, and taboo. And I also had, um, spaces where they had to demonstrate an emotion. I had this website, um, it's something like, if you Google random lists, uh, you can get to it, it's random lists of objects. And they have to use all of the objects together. And um, a couple more things that, that I don't remember. But anyways, I think that just the process of making this, of just coming up with, OK, what are the fun things that students can do connected to the language? Um, really kind of helped me to think about, you know, what makes a class fun, Mm -hmm. um, what are the essential things that you do in language classes, you know. And it was actually quite easy and worked out well, you know.
1: It's interesting that my board game, I think, essentially, it was just too elaborate. There are just too many elements, too much for me to prepare. Um, My version had the same like squares, um, some were Pictionary, some were Egg the teacher. And that involved having a bowl in the middle of the classroom, giving the students a topic, random topic, like clothes. And they had to, on pieces of paper, they had to write the names of items of, of clothing. And throw the piece of paper into the bowl, which was in the middle of the classroom. So each student had to have a different color of the of paper, so that later I could identify uh, which cards were whose. And then, so just preparing it and making sure I have enough colors, that everyone has enough pieces of paper. Uh, then. Just counting the cards in the bowl, it took a good couple of minutes, so everybody was just sitting there, bored. It was difficult to make sure that the bowl was equal distance from everybody. And just explaining all the rules, it was just too much. Next time I will have to remember to make it simpler. Other squares were drawing an easter egg. Um, Some challenges, like, can you say your name backwards? Can you say hello in five languages? Things like that. It's interesting that this game with some of the groups worked wonderfully. They had so much fun Oh, important part was that there was a prize, there was a chocolate bunny as a prize for the winner. Yeah, see,
0: this is an interesting thing because I basically never use prizes, and uh, one of the reasons for this is because I don't keep score well and I don't really make rules for games very well. Like sometimes the rules I made don't really make sense, you know? So like, it's usually important uh, in my classes that the people don't care too much mm-hmm. who's going to win, because it, it hardly ever matters. Like. A lot of times I'll make a game where the school the score never um, there never becomes an inbound. Everyone has two points and then the next turn mm-hmm. everyone has three points. Um, but the other thing for me is that they're already playing a, a fun game. And so I feel like uh it's just kind of a waste of money to mm-hmm. buy a prize for you too, yeah.
1: I see your point. Although, if you saw their faces light up when no, they I know, saw it, chocolate bunny. No, I know because.
0: Uh, Magda told me the next, the following class, she was still bragging about how she had won the bunny and how yeah. much fun the game was and everything. I was she? Yeah, you never told me. I'm telling you now. Sweet.
1: Yeah, but I wanted to say that the same game, the exact same game, I made slight modification whenever I was playing it with my business students, I included business type of vocabulary, maybe less silly challenges, but basically the game was the same for everybody. And in some groups it was a total disaster, nobody knew what to do, like I had to shout at people that they were doing Oh, shout. I had to tell people that they were doing things wrong.
0: So, <laughs> this is always a thing with me too. It's like whether or not to tell people when they're doing something wrong, yeah, like or not just to let them do it wrong. You know? yeah,
1: like not linguistically yeah, wrong, yeah, no, but you know,
0: like the rule, they're not following the rules. Yeah, sometimes, like, sometimes they just let it happen anyway.
1: But if they're creating an unfair advantage. For themselves, like without knowing it, like it's not the point. Like you have to throw the piece of paper, not extend your hand and put it inside.
0: Uh, again, this is the <laughs> now we're like having a big debate, but this is the advantage of not having a prize. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're cheating. It it becomes a little funny, you know. Like one time I was playing this very similar game where they're throwing paper into a basket and one dude was way across the room, and his almost never went in, and then one dude was, like, so close to it, and he was so tall that he could basically (laughs) reach in. and it was just, like, it made it funny, because that guy in the back, he was trying so hard to, like, make it in, (laughs) you know, and then the guy in the front, I was, like, giving him, like, uh, disapproving looks, you know, And, and, like, trying to shame him, like, through pantomime, and he was... Kind of trying to sneakily just like put his pieces of paper in, you know?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You know, there's no... they're not playing for any stakes, so...
1: Yeah, it's not like the stakes are chocolate bunny.
0: Yeah, yeah, then it's like life or death, you know.
1: I don't know, it gives me pleasure to give things... Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a small thing. It's not really expensive, if I bought a chocolate bunny for every single group. That added up a little bit. But I just feel bringing stuff from outside of the classroom it makes it, I don't know, engages all the senses. I don't know. I just,
0: I, I, I like giving I think it's probably space. very, very true. Yeah. And in general, like, I, I think that, just any kind of gesture that you can make for your students that shows that you put some effort or you've done some extra preparation is always very nice. Like it's like you were saying the other day in, in that workshop, you know, just if you've made something on some colorful paper or something. It's it's surprisingly goes a long way with the students. Mm. But um so yeah, I was I was thinking about it like because for me This board game, I played it twice, and both times I did it for the entire hour and a half, and there was no boredom. It it was fine, you know, and so I was thinking about, like, why it worked so well, and I think it was just the variety of it. Mm -hmm. Like, there were so many different things for them to do uh, that it wasn't really repetitive, I think that's, like, uh, an important lesson to remember. It's like variety is almost more important than the actual things you're doing, you know? It's like there are very simple things, like we had the uh, big book of questions, like they had to answer some questions from that. Um, They had to talk about some things for a certain length of time. So, like, nothing was complicated or even very creative, you know? Mm -hmm. But there's just like someone like ten things or something. Mm. It seemed more interesting than it well.
1: And I I have very low resistance to boredom myself as a person. Mm. So maybe just I was bored. Maybe they weren't.
0: Mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so what uh what did you wanna talk about this week?
1: Uh, For the segment of things that worked or didn't work out, I have something in between. I wanted to talk about a book that I have with my teenage students. Their ages vary from, I would say, maybe 14 to 16 or 17. It's hard to say. You know, they grow so
0: fast. (laughs) Some of them are aging backwards. (laughs) Some of them are elves and they never age.
1: But... um. We chose the book very poorly, this is my first year teaching teenagers, so I didn't feel in the position to really argue and and so I just took whatever book I was given to work with them and the biggest mistake was that it's an FCE book, so it prepares them to an exam that they aren't going to take and the book is just very, very boring. It's very difficult to work on this book. There are no interesting texts to read, interesting exercises. And what I've noticed at the beginning, I struggled. I first, Firstly, I tried to do the book with them. But they were either terribly bored and falling asleep. Or, like, they became activated in the wrong way. Like, they didn't listen to me, they just did their own thing, and it was impossible for me to control them. Because the material wasn't interesting. I was bored. Whenever I'm preparing to the lessons, like, I look at it, and each time I say,
0: it's boring. Yeah, this is one of the, probably the most useful things that, I've realized this year that, like, if you are having trouble in a class, like if you're having trouble with the students, like, um, not seeming to be entertained or not seeming to get the material or or whatever, like, in my experience, it's it's always the the material. You know? It's
1: never you. <laughs> <laughs> it's never
0: me. I'm always fine. No, but, you know, I mean, I think that if you are... A really um, superb teacher, probably you do not even really use the, or I mean, I'm just saying, hypothetically, I can see there being a teacher who it does not matter what materials they have, they use them only in this kind of um, um, peripheral way, you know. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, the the uh, material that you're working from. This is a big part of you know what the class is, and you know, as a language learner, I mean I know and you know that just learning a language in and of itself, it's it's actually a, a very fun thing. Like we're we're very lucky to be teaching a subject that is inherently interesting. You know, it has these elements of like. Um, like a, a kind of mystery or puzzle that you're solving, it has elements of communication. Um, it's it's very simple in essence. You know, you're just learning the names of things essentially. Um,
1: and it's a tool. It's a tool to explore the learner's other interests.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, a language a language course should not need much more than the content, to be interesting and fun, you know? It's like, um, you know, I, I've experienced that whenever we do Polish lessons, like, they're extremely fun, and it isn't as if you're planning games or um, warm-ups or extra activities to go along with the source material.
1: I think it's just a matter of your personality, that you enjoy doing it. If your main interest was like playing football, I doubt you'd be enjoying just sitting and learning vocabulary. I think it's just a matter of like your personality that you think that this is fun. Maybe.
0: But my point,
1: my point was that thanks to like doing this really boring book, the students now they have done so many cool projects. Because I look at the material and I see that it's unusable. So I take the the grammar, the, the, the vocabulary range or whatever is in the book. I want to kind of follow the, the material so that by the end of the course they are ready to move on. I don't want it to be too chaotic. I want them to have... learned what they need to know. So what I do is we play tons and tons of games. We've done debates. We've done board games. We've done all sorts of projects. Uh, They have created advertisements. Uh, Tomorrow they will be creating their own shops. It's making me more creative out of necessity because I cannot rely on the book. But also it will be easier for me later on, because I am kind of experimenting on, on them now. I'm trying out different activities. I'm By now it, I've realized it takes less time to actually create my own thing than to look for something in the book and make sure that it makes sense, that there is introduction of the grammar, like presentation, practice, and production. It's much easier if I create it on my own, and I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. enjoy it. it's. I enjoy the creative process of it now.
0: Yeah, I think that probably uh, project-based learning is something that none of the uh, English textbooks that we work with really does anything with. Mm-hmm. So doing this, you're probably accessing this whole new um, area of teaching mm-hmm. that we haven't really worked with before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, according to the, uh, the professors of pedagogy or it's the word I, I okay so I just spent 30 seconds trying to think of the wording for this and the best I could come up with was professors of pedagogy. At least it has alliteration. But anyway, so, so the people who who think about this, who think about um, what makes good teaching, you know, they say projects are best. You know, to mm-hmm. anyway, so hear you talk about it, it sounds like it's um, also pretty easy. You know. I can kind of see it. Like, the the closest thing I've done is um, sometimes with my teenage group, we will do some similar creative things. Um, one time we made a, a city, uh, and one time we made a flyer for for a fair. And yeah, I noticed, like, you essentially just have to come up with the, um, prompts, like the, the, the rubric, basically, mm-hmm. you have to tell them what it is that they need to come up with, and, um, beyond that, then you just have them working, you know, on it for, for quite a long time, like 30 minutes, an hour, or whatever, you know, it's, it's actually a lot easier than, um, going through a lot of, you know, workbook
1: you work yeah. but the thing is that your teenagers the teenager group you teach they are lovely they are mm-hmm. well behaved you I don't think you ever have behavioral problems no. the The groups that I teach the first time I did a project, it was incredibly scary because they are unpredictable uh, I'm pretty sure at least one person in one of the groups Like, has ADD or some sort of problems. Like, he's not normal. Or maybe he's just showing off. But he's a troublemaker, definitely. Uh, And It's one of, like, a few examples. So it was scary to give them that freedom. And really, it takes a lot, a lot of planning to make sure that they know what to do. That they behave properly giving them freedom might be very risky if you have very energetic teenagers so that's it but it it's work in progress for me still learning to what it's definitely there has there have to be rules like last time when I did the debate the rules included Mm, minus two points for speaking out of turn, like minus 10 for shouting, minus 50 for hitting, uh, like wa- minus 100 for showing the middle finger.
0: Oh, oh
1: sorry. Mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, the final scores uh, were negative. Because, like, they kept hitting each other, throwing pieces of paper, empty bottles. And, like, this is a private language school. (laughs) These are not, like, children from dysfunctional families. Like, they're usually the good kids who do pretty well at schools and will become doctors and lawyers and stuff. Okay, so has anything funny happened to you?
0: Yeah, so uh, the thing that I, I thought of, uh, I have a student whose command of English is a bit low. and
1: uh, Nicely put.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, there are two separate situations where uh, he's come into class. Um, so the first time, and the second time, he came in and he just said, bad. And then he kind of giggled. <laughs> and I don't know why, but this really, like, uh, scared me a little bit. <laughs> like, I didn't know if he was trying to um, critique my uh, teaching or me as a person. Or if he was trying to warn me of something. <laughs> Or if he is just trying to tell me about his general, um, his general intent, I don't know. But...
1: He just said bad.
0: He just said bad, and then he kind of laughed a little, and, uh, <laughs> so, what it turned out was he was, uh, feeling sick, he had a cold, um, and he was trying to tell me he was feeling bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> This this same student uh, a couple of weeks before, um, he told me, we're going to have a, a very special class today, something like that. And I don't know, maybe it's something about the way he looks. Like maybe he has this kind of sinister look to him. But I was really like, I don't know, I, I had this like, I was, this funny, um, idiom I, I learned recently in English, actually. I was gutted a little bit. Like, I, I had this kind of uh, sensation of just sudden dread. You know, like I, I, I felt like he was, like, um, saying something, yeah, it's like like he was planning to do some something, something um, special evil. Too. Like yeah, exactly. Or I even felt like, maybe I'm going to be fired today. Like maybe someone's going to come in <laughs> and fire me. <laughs> And somehow somehow, only he knew <laughs> Like, um, imagine this Like, all of this He, he somehow in unintentionally communicated <laughs> In his broken English In his facial expression
1: <laughs> Something special will happen yeah, to yeah. you It's going to happen to you
0: but, you know, it was just something that he had come up with that he could say in English. mm mm-hmm. English, And he was rather proud of it. Like, he, he kind of laughs in this way whenever he's he's come up with a, a very impressive thing to say in English. You know? Like, ah, oh, it's a real full sentence. You know, yeah, I'm being clever by making this up now. Which I kind of recognize that now, but at the time, it was like... <laughs> It, it's like a, in the horror movies, where the little child said something mm. that like a, a little child yeah. would never say. Their yeah. little kid would.
1: Play with see me. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, so anything funny happened to you this week?
1: Yeah, the funny thing that happened to me, actually last week, uh, still connected with Easter, uh, one of my students brought chocolate bunnies for everybody. It was the last class. It ended at 9 o'clock p.m. And uh, three people were absent, so this guy who brought the bunnies asked me to give the spare bunnies to the ladies working in the school's office. But the office was closed, and I couldn't find the janitor who had the keys, so I just left the bunnies outside the office, like in the corridor, thinking that the ladies in the morning will come and find the bunnies. And I was uh, like... Halfway up the stairs when I heard another group finishing their class. It was a group of adults and What I heard was Wow guys look chocolate bunnies (gasps) How did they get here? Wow? (laughs) And it just it blew their mind. It was so funny for me to hear a group of adults Just running across the corridor to get the chocolate bunnies and like wondering where they came from.
0: It is kind of a magical thing, I think.
1: Yeah, to white bunnies just came to them.
0: Especially here in Poland where no one leaves anything anywhere, you know? And no one like leaves their stuff somewhere or Mm. or, like... You never find just like money laying on the ground or or something like that.
1: Do you? In America?
0: Sure, all the time. Okay. On that note of uh, racial prejudice, (laughs) we'll conclude uh, this week's podcast. So, uh, welcome back to us. It's um, good to be back.
1: Yes, it was wonderful.
0: So, see you uh, in another one to five weeks. Bye. Bye.